What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining us today from Emotion Hatch, the super talented Haley Akins. Hello. And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, show topic, ideas, artist suggestions. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, MoGraph.com. Check us out on all the things. Send us some messages. Tell us what's good. Mm-hmm. Send us your your NFTs you want to shill. Yes. Uh, send us your questions about things in motion graphics and uh, different types of render engines and different types of programs and 3D, 2D, <laughs> all the things. Suggestions Ask for questions. Cinema 4D, send it. We'll all send it over to Rick. <laughs> there you go. Or you can just hang out with us in our Slack channel or Discord yep. and send them to uh, Rick send yourself. Send them to Rick yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go Rick <clears throat> yourself. Go Rick All right. The the week wrap-up, one of the things that we didn't talk about last week until the very end of the show, which, you know, everybody turns it off at that point, right? Right, 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 right. Is that Camp MoGraph sold out (laughs) in, like, a minute. We're very excited. Uh, Very happy about that. Extremely happy, I understand that not everybody got a ticket, and Mm -hmm. it makes me sad. Did you realize that tickets were limited? I did know that tickets were limited, (laughs) yes. I, I was tickets the one limited. who limited the actual yeah. tickets, yes. It, yeah, and it, it's tough because we want, like, everybody we know yeah. to go, and there's only so much room yeah. and, and cabins, like, yeah. you know. Another thing the, to I mean, mention. Yeah, go ahead. All right, go really ahead. quick. Yes. <clears throat> the, if, you, if you read the page, when you signed up for a single cabin, like the exclusive, like the single cabin you thing, mm-hmm. if you read the page... It does say that if somebody else is staying in there with you, that they have to also have a ticket. The reason yes. is, like, we still have to pay for their meals and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And all just the swag a reminder, and everything. Yeah. Here's the thing. Just after talking <laughs> to multiple people, mm-hmm. just want to make sure that that's clear. If, yeah. If, if there's an issue, please contact us. But we just have to make sure that that person yeah. is paid for. Uh, we wrote it, but we know that motion... Motion graphics artists don't do read not anything. read their emails. Yeah, <laughs> we're just double checking because I don't want there to be any surprises. Yeah, just making sure. Yeah, just you got to make sure that. there's shirts for everyone, and we're working on some yeah, really cool swag. swag. We got some. We got some really cool swag this year. I am very excited about it. So yeah. that's going to be fun. Oh man, I, the one one. thing in particular I yeah. know you're really excited yeah. about. Oh, yeah. oh man, I can't it's wait. It's going to be fun. That'll be oh, fun. It's going to be so. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's <clears throat> it. You want to you want to thank our sponsors? Yes, Matt? I absolutely one hundred percent want to thank I think our sponsors you should. because I wish you would. <laughs> so uh, sponsors help keep the costs of camp down and also uh, get that cool swag and all the fun libations that we have throughout camp. So huge shout out to them. Uh, first off, our global sponsor Otoy. Otoy is presenting Camp MoGraph. We're super excited to have them on board as our global sponsor. Thank you, Otoy. Um, and then uh, our two village sponsors uh, as of right now are. Maxon and Video Copilot. So you'll be staying in one of the two villages, uh, uh, either the Maxon Village or the Video Copilot Village, which will be a lot of fun. 
And then thank you to our gold sponsor, Grayscale Gorilla. We love them over at Grayscale Gorilla. Thank you so much for sponsoring. So uh, make sure if you're coming to camp or even if you're not, uh, give some love to our sponsors uh, for Mm -hmm. helping uh, keep camp so cheap. You know, we've had a lot of people be like, man, your camp is cheap. You should you should raise your prices a lot more. You, you should be way more expensive. And we're like, nah, nah. We're, That's why we we're get the sponsors. We're trying to find a happy medium yeah. for everybody. You know? I think, so. me personally, I think I think this is as high as it goes. That's just me. You know, that, uh, don't quote me on it next year, yeah, but I'm yeah, pretty no sure. on that. This Look is, at inflation. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah. you know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Next year we'll be like priced out of it where we can't afford the camp because of inflation. Be like, right. well, we couldn't move the camp. We couldn't move right. the prices. Sorry, <clears throat> so no camp. Yep, we got a lot of other things in the work. You know, camp Mograss business wise that we're excited about. So yeah, yeah. You know, nothing to announce right now, but stuff coming up. So make sure uh, if you're interested, sign up uh, uh, for the the newsletter, which is Camp Mograph uh, at campmograph.com. You know, also, if you're still trying to get in in case we've got any tickets that like get released or, you know, someone can't come, make sure and sign up for the wait list, which you can also yeah. find that campmograph.com and then click on tickets and it'll take you to our Eventbrite page. And make sure that you are watching Mograph TV mm-hmm. because you're going to start seeing uh, some more clips of different shows. You're going to be seeing some new <laughs> content. We were watching all of the NAB replays last yeah. week on there. That was fun to watch. It was super cool. Yeah, yeah. especially like being there and then getting that refresher and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was very yeah. nice. Now, make sure you put it on if you're in a studio mm-hmm. or if you're at home, put it on. You know, it's like your news channel, except right. it's not as depressing. So just put it on. <laughs> And, not uh, as depressing. Sometimes as still depressing. depressing but it depends as. on how bad you feel when you when you <laughs> right? look at it and realize how great some of these artists are. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh man, I'm never yeah. gonna be that good. I saw someone um, on Twitter the other day talking about how, you know, they get like really bad imposter syndrome coming to like some of these events like you know, NAB or whatever, and seeing all these amazing artists. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, one thing you have to understand is all the artists feel that way too. Like they're all right. looking at all these amazing artists as well. And like, Oh right. yeah, I'm, I'm not that good. I'm not that good. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So, so here's the real question of the week. Yeah. I'm going to need some input on this from both of y'all. I mm. think the, the internet's talking about it. And uh, I think it's it's going to be just huge debate because you know I th- I think people are going to be on both sides of the fence on this. Okay, which is did people miss a daily? Oh, that's a that's an interesting. Yeah, okay, that is that. Yeah, okay, I see that. Okay, I think um, it's a good question. I'm I'm of the no camp because uh, I am too. Uh, just because he didn't post it doesn't mean he didn't do it. You know, Haley, he, Haley, did you see what happened <laughs> with this? First of all, like I'm like vaguely aware. So didn't he go on the Tonight Show? But then did he make did. one mm-hmm. on there? But he didn't post that one. Is that right? Is that what happened? He didn't right. post it until like 1202, uh, like his local time. And it's like, I think yeah. that's OK. But what you have to understand is also the Tonight Show is like recorded like four hours or five hours earlier. You right. know, so he had already done it. He had already done it. You know, it's not. I don't think it's so much about posting the work every day. It's about doing doing the work. The work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's I don't a think, tree I don't, falls in the yeah. forest, right. you know, 
<laughs> if a beeple is made and it's not posted, does it really exist? Does it exist? <laughs> right, 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 right. I exactly. say yes. It yeah. still exists. I th- <clears throat> yeah. We have evidence. I think it's yeah. fine. I think the thing that I would think about is if he, obviously he's consistent most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even if he did miss a day, as long as it wasn't then yeah. another day and then another day, right. then I feel like we, right. we can give him like a little bit of slack. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, the, right, right. The other question is, what time zone was he in? Because exactly. technically, yeah. it was still that day, right? Well, it wasn't like, not in his time zone. No, it was 12.02, right, but, but our time zone, it was totally fine, you know? Right, exactly. But here's the thing. Also, you have to keep in mind, like, you know, you don't want to post the work before the show happens, because then right. everyone sees, like, that was me. That I was, I was looking at it, I was like... You know, I was like, I was excited to see the work, you know, and, and, but then he posted it saying that he forgot. And I was like, oh, but they haven't even revealed it yet. You know? Yeah. Like technically they revealed it on the show to everyone like around three or 4 PM, you know, just because the world hadn't seen it yet. Mm. I don't know. He didn't, no, he didn't miss a day. I still think he could have done better though. That one that one wasn't that great. <laughs> he he was like he was like really like hard on himself. It nah, looked like he nah. it looked like on all his stories he was just like really upset <laughs> that he missed this and it's yeah. like no, you didn't really miss it. Yeah. Whatever. No way, brawl. Dude, so speaking of people, yesterday Yesterday, there was a, like a Beeple scammer or whatever. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Who, yes. Oh, gosh. And they went through and tagged every single person who's like following him or who he's following. And I, it almost got me. Had I been on my computer, mm. I probably would have done something because the, the one that he was, you know, qu- that they were airdropping seemed very Beeple, you know, Mother's Day, whatever, you know. And it's like. Mm. And so I was like, maybe, but then I, uh, what was it? I hit up, I hit up Rev and Rev, like Rev is like my first contact because I assume that he'll like talk to people, but he never does. He never actually answers me. He answers me just as quickly as people answers me, you know? And so I hit up both of them. I'm like, Hey, is this legit? What's going on? And then I was like, Oh no. I, once I realized it was like someone like stealing or whatever, I was like, yeah. "Oh crap!" Might want to say something, but I report. Yeah, him. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy times that we live in. People just are trying to steal your information, like, and it it's yeah, absolutely insane. You know, just with a simple click of a button, like they can steal all your money from your MetaMask in a heartbeat. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I had like an Instagram scam thing like yesterday, I think, Mm -hmm. and it looked really legit. But then do you know that you can go into Instagram and you can check like what emails they've sent you? Like in your actual account. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I, I, I was, didn't know. That. I was really impressed by that. I was like, oh, that's cool. So then I, Interesting. yeah, so I found out that it, it wasn't because it was like a copyright claim thing. And obviously you like panic, uh-huh. you know, and especially because right. mm-hmm. in the past we've shared like artists' work and stuff like that if they use a hashtag mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing. But yeah, it wasn't. It was even to like a different email. It wasn't the email that I use for my account. Crazy. So yeah. I was, it's crazy. They try every little thing to get you. You know, that's the thing. They want to catch you just in that split second that you're not paying attention. Yeah, you're not thinking about it. It looked really, really legit as well. So be careful, everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. My my wife actually just wrote a book. She's a librarian and she wrote a book about digital citizenship, which is basically like, you know, how to keep yourself from being scammed and training yourself in order to know what is legit and what is not. It's very interesting. And what's too legit? What's too legit to quit? To quit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh uh by the way, we didn't get to talk last week about uh <laughs> about the Beeple toys that phil made we did not talk about them at all um he he handmade all of these beep yes. mike toys and uh like 3d printed them and hand painted them and made the packaging for them and everything everything i've got mine right here the uh-huh. the problem is mine is the glue smushed. came off of uh, in transit so i've got to hold it mine like, is super flat still in my uh my suitcase i took my suitcases out and then tested positive for covid so i left everything in there that's amazing it's so the monitor is falling i gotta fix it but i gotta re-glue that but certificate of authenticity look at that you got the reflective nft uh like hologram sticker the whole deal he made the whole thing and he made these for all of the uh all the people who hold one of these NFTs, but of course he made like a special one for Winkleman and put it in a briefcase and presented mm-hmm. it to him and yeah. AB and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really cool. Yeah. But <clears throat> anyway, Haley, let's talk about you. Let's yeah. talk about what you've been doing. We talked probably at the beginning it was, of COVID. No, I, I think it was I, before we, that, wasn't it? Maybe before? Know. No, oh, it was before, way before. Yeah. yeah. I was still in my old house. You know, oh, wow. it was, yeah, okay. it was it was right before Motion Hatch like officially launched. I think it was like a few weeks before. You know, was it? It wasn't that long ago. No, there was, was one it? in between. Was there one in there between? There was one in between. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we didn't. Okay. I think this is your third one. That's time. right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, that is makes it, sense. Yeah, yeah, okay, I didn't realize okay. that. I thought we don't need them two as well. <laughs> but maybe yeah. this is the third. I think we did one before video. Before we did like. Yes, Live that was at like, the old house. That was at my yeah. old house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I feel school. like my yeah. background and setup has probably improved dramatically. So, yes. <laughs> dramatically, yes. Uh, yeah. Same with us. Yeah, professionally I mean, look, on point. We got yeah. colors on the walls and everything. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got colored lights. Everyone, check us right? out. <laughs> We're like real YouTubers and stuff. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so how did you how did you handle COVID? Like what what went on in your world? Um, and and d- did you have any did you have any issues like many of us did? Like when everything hit, the economy went nuts. Or I think yeah, it's a it was a tricky one because I think obviously people were a little bit scared in the beginning to kind of keep spending Mm -hmm. money on things which that obviously includes Mm -hmm. like courses and their education and stuff like that so i think that side Mm -hmm. of it um had a little bit of an impact but then also the other side of it um because we were doing lots of mastermind programs and things like that where people meet up in like peer support groups that really helped a lot of people because they were obviously at home working and that some people weren't used to that and that kind of thing. So having other artists around you to speak to during that time, I think was really, really helpful. So we kind of saw it sort of evened out a bit for us in terms of like, you know, what happened with Motion Hatch and like how many students we had at that time and that kind of thing. Because I think some people were like, oh no, I'm not going to put 
anything into progressing you know on an mm-hmm. education front because i don't know when the next job is coming in then some people were like right well i'm i'm not busy right now so i should learn more things you know so it was a little bit of a mm-hmm. mixture i think on that front yeah I guess probably a good thing to do is give everybody a rundown of what you do. Um, I always kind of assume that everybody <laughs> has watched the last episode with the same person, right. but that's not usually the case. Uh, so so <laughs> what is the, I guess, elevator pitch? Yeah, so Motion Hatch is an online school, I guess, now where we help um, motion designers and animators with the business side of things. So how to charge um, for your work and how to get clients consistently maybe how to niche down, how to build systems in your freelance business and all of that kind of good stuff. All the stuff that everybody struggles with and that that Mm -hmm. sometimes kind of don't want to think about, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So um, you've got... um You've got a couple different things, uh, including some of the new. You've got some links for us. Um, do we want to? Do we want to give out those links now? Uh, if people want to check them out, it's it's motionhatch.com slash mograph course. Yeah. Um, so that is. Do you uh, want yeah. me to tell I'll you? Let you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you yeah, explain. Yeah, so you're way better. Yeah, we've got a free five day course. Um, so if you want like a little intro to Motion Hatch and also help to get your next client in five days, then that would be the best place to go to. So you can go to motionhatch.com forward slash MoGraph course. And yeah, we'll send you some emails over the next five days, just helping you to figure out how to get clients. So there's a little bit in there about how to do research on LinkedIn and that kind of things and how to warm your clients up a little bit before you email them and what you should write in Mm -hmm. an email, like an email structure. Um, Yeah, and all of that kind of stuff. So that would be the best place to go for that. And then also if you go to motionhatch.com forward slash was it MoGraph Social, I think? MoGraph Social, yeah. yeah. And then that is a free social media guide because I know a lot of people struggle with what to post on social media. So mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. we've got 50 different post examples. So that's, if you think about nice. it, that's like a whole year's worth of content if you're going to post weekly because not everybody can be like people and post every day. <laughs> so right, you know, right. this is just trying to give everyone a little helping hand and, Um, thinking so you can think about like different things to post because I obviously the problem that we have as artists is coming up with post ideas and in there you'll see that I talk about um, content that is relatable and interactive and community-based and sales-based because what you don't want to do when you're posting on social media is just always be kind of shouting about you and your work you obviously want to be part of the community and um, I think it really helps you to break it down into these categories of relatable interactive community and sales so it's like um, a relatable post might be you know something that helps everyone get to know you a little bit more maybe a bit behind the scenes of your life that kind of thing um and Mm -hmm. interactive is obviously you know oh what do you think of this design do you think this color is better or this color type of thing and then Mm -hmm. a community post could be something where you're giving some value back teaching a skill recommending or celebrating others which is kind of like what you all do at mograph.com so very well all the time so that's nice Mm -hmm. 
And then, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously that probably helps you to raise your profile and stuff like that as well. And then obviously like sales posts are like, you know, where you're promoting yourself, sales or promotional types right. of posts. So it gives you these different categories in the guide. And then it also gives you different types of examples that you might post as a designer or, or an animator in there as well. That's yeah, awesome. from social media standpoint, <laughs> like the relatable part, that's that's something that really applies, I feel like, to TikToks and to Instagram Reels because like if you're having let's say you're having a problem with something, right? You know, mm-hmm. something uh don't you hate it when After Effects crashes, <laughs> you know, something like that, right? If you do something <clears throat> like that, other artists see that and that's super relatable. That's mm-hmm. the kind of content. And um have you been doing uh TikToks yet? Yeah, so I I mean I started doing them and then I, and then it was like, oh, is this working? Is it not? I think it was like a year and mm-hmm. a half ago or something. I'm always mm-hmm. trying to play mm-hmm. around with stuff so I do things for a bit, but I feel like I should do more in there. But at the moment we're mainly concentrating on our YouTube channel as like the main platform. Yeah. And this is the advice that I would mm-hmm. give to everyone else as well, is like pick one platform. Don't don't yeah. be trying to like do all of the things like Twitter, YouTube, You'll stretch yourself TikTok, too thin. Yeah. You know, Instagram. Yeah. Um, a lot of the students at the moment in our client quest course are getting a lot of success on LinkedIn, which I know everyone's like LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like exactly yeah. what yeah. you just did, Matt. <laughs> One of our biggest clients came from LinkedIn, surprisingly. It took four yeah. years, but yes, they eventually yeah. came and uh, they're one of our biggest clients now. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. great platform because it used to be a bit like stuffy and too corporate. But It's still pretty well, stuffy. Well, but then that's good <laughs> see, because now what's yeah. happening is if you're a motion designer, you can go over there and show some really nice work and some behind the scenes mm-hmm. of what you do. And then it kind of breaks mm-hmm. up the feed for everyone and it keeps you yeah. top of mind and and then if you also go on there and get involved with other motion designers and you start coming in on each of the posts and that kind of thing, your posts can stick around for a lot, lot mm-hmm. longer than they would say yeah. on Instagram where it's just like, I mean, I'm I'm not convinced they even show up sometimes now because Instagram yeah. really want you to pay. Yeah. Um, but I think that LinkedIn's organic reach is still really good. And obviously because it's a B2B platform, like business to business platform, you're getting... Um, a lot of clients and and kind of people getting direct clients on there and stuff like that. So yeah, the a lot of the students are putting a lot of effort into LinkedIn and and seeing results. In my course, I I basically teach you how to go through and test out what platform works best for you. But just from hearing the feedback from everyone recently, LinkedIn's definitely been the top one. Crazy. I would have never yeah. expected. Would have never do they, expected that. Do they do nine by sixteen uh, on on LinkedIn? Do they do like the the portrait mode video stuff yet? Are they trying to get in like TikTok and Reels? Yeah, I don't. Th- or I mean, they, I'm not upon exactly you know. all the latest LinkedIn updates. You know, I always right. say like everyone should, <laughs> yeah. everyone has to do like research on on that front because it's just change. Like you know, it changes every single day. But I haven't seen anything. One post that one of my students did recently that was really really good as part of our social media challenge that we did. Um, I think he did that like four three, and it was like behind the scenes of how he made stuff and. Um, he was doing like 
where he filmed himself and then he showed the character like based on the stuff he filmed of himself like acting a little bit and it was just really good and really mm-hmm. engaging and it got a lot of comments and stuff like that and he was saying that he got some more clients out of like posting more on there so I, I was just really proud cool. of that and just you know when yeah. you make a really good post and you actually put effort into the video I think that it, mm-hmm. it definitely pushes it out to more people on there. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm gonna do it, sure. Dave. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, Haley, you've convinced me, Dave. So this is what I'm gonna do with Nexus Motion. Oh, we'll spend the next month or something making posts for Nexus Motion and posting them on LinkedIn, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, we'll, we'll report yeah. back in a in a month. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Yeah, we'll yeah do because yeah. I'm always <laughs> looking. You know, I'm always asking my students what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, because then that means that I can pass mm-hmm. it on to everyone else as well. So if you try some stuff yeah. and you're like, yeah, this went great, you know, let me know. I mean. I I understand like the uh like I understand why LinkedIn could be so powerful because a lot of the artists are going to Instagram and to Twitter or like yeah, exactly. having their own site and stuff like that and it's like it's like you want to go to the places where there's not a you know it's not saturated you know, and it's like, okay, you've got a ton of <laughs> stuffy corporate people who are looking for video people, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, here it is right yeah, here. Give it a try. Yeah. And and this content can be used on multiple platforms if you do it the right way. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a strategy, you know, if you are going multi-platform. Uh, number one, TikToks, Instagram Reels, and YouTube stories i guess they're called and and instagram stories all of that can kind of be combined into one thing the thing you have to watch out for is here's the tough part if you're making your 9 by 16 content right and you're making Mm -hmm. it in a program like splice you could easily upload it to multiple platforms but if you're doing some of that editing like within the tiktok app right which they want you to do they want on-screen text that's readable you know, they want you to have the little voice saying, uh, oh, OMG, my After Effects crashed. <laughs> yeah. OMG, you know, whatever. That's good, Dave. That's really They good. want that. <laughs> but but you'll have to do that. You'll have to add that in both platforms when you post it. They're mm-hmm. looking for that TikTok logo. Now, there's another thing you can do. There are a couple sites where you can go in and, and actually run your, your finalized video from TikTok. It will erase the, the TikTok logo off the mm-hmm. video like replace it and then you put it on but my experience so far has been that if you're in uh motion graphics you can do fine on tiktok um you're either going to be that behind the scenes relatable person or mm-hmm. you're going to be an account that like posts a daily every day with music yeah. because that's something that appeals to more than just artists like just rando people but i will say the view count of instagram reels is way higher right now and i think it's because there's more artists on instagram well what's our follower count on instagram versus you know oh i don't uh, know well i'm curious that, that much more versus like you know i i i i'm i'm i wonder if as a br- business strategy you know facebook is is pushing out more of these instagram reels with that they would normally have pe- companies pay for you know in order to be like oh this platform is better than this other platform yeah you know they they always like push out their latest feature that's why it's good to try out like the latest features Mm -hmm. and stuff like 
you know like mm-hmm. youtube shorts right. we're like playing around with that and we're like is this working is mm-hmm. not because you know that's youtube's like like well actually i think i heard that they're doing stories too now like literally yesterday or something yeah. like that um yeah, yeah it's everywhere but um and i think it's worth playing around with that stuff but if you're like a motion designer listening to this i would think about what's your main platform and then maybe mm-hmm. like you said how can you repurpose from that but just if you're overwhelmed just literally just stick stick to one platform test it out for three right. months and then see if that helps you to get clients or even be more part of the community because when you know more of the motion designers and you network with people obviously that helps you to get work as well so it's not all about getting clients but you've got to think about what's the result am i trying to achieve by posting on social and i think the problem that a lot of people have is they're like oh i don't want to do it it's distracting you know, it's, it doesn't mm. give me any results, mm-hmm. but I think you have to give it time. You've got to learn a little bit about what that platform kind of wants to see. So following other accounts that do right. well and, and then think about what results you want to get and like track it, you know, go back and, and mm-hmm. keep looking at the metrics and that kind of thing and ask your clients. That's the biggest thing that I always tell everyone. Like when a client comes to you, say, how did you find me? You know, <laughs> that should be your first, I like first that. question, right. yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah, and the other thing about Instagram versus TikTok would be like TikTok, we get a lot of we got a lot of followers, not quite as many as our Instagram, but they're just random people. I feel like the people following us on Instagram are very much of a niche audience, like they're very very like fine-tuned into what we're doing. So the kind of thing they're going to want to see is like clips from the show right mm-hmm. don't get as many hits on clips from the show on tiktok because people on tiktok want to see talking heads you know uh talking about behind the scenes like you're not a talking head a clip from a show talking head holding a phone and talking to them you know so that's another thing that you can take to account when you're talking about you know is this you know how am i presenting my brand am i presenting this as an artist i'm just an artist you're going to see cool stuff every day or am I presenting this as here's my brand, here's what goes on mm-hmm. at the office every day, and here's someone who works with me, and, you know, that's it's two ways of presenting yourself. Yeah. So, um, now that's just one type, right? Because you were talking about sales as mm-hmm. well, and that's a little bit different. Um, you also talk about, um, and this goes into the, the first link, the, the client link, um, you're talking about, sales funnels and i think a lot of people don't even understand funnels i mean i do ads and i barely understand funnels i don't know what so you're like, talking about it's all <laughs> over my head right now yeah so like i think that would be a good thing to explain yeah uh for people who've never worked with anything like that before yeah so it's tricky because you've got kind of different things so from a if we're talking about you know the main things that we're teaching in our course client quest we're more talking about a marketing funnel so um in client quest i talk about how you'd have different stages of the funnel right so the first one would be awareness so that's obviously Mm -hmm. talking about well you know who who is aware of me those people are in this little kind of pot almost little segment and then and Mm -hmm. then you've got attraction and that's where they're like Uh, they're a little bit closer to you you know they're getting attracted to you maybe they looked at your website maybe they saw a social media post something like that 
And then um, then the next one is action, which is a little bit different to a traditional marketing funnel, but this is what I call the four A's freelance funnel. So it's easy to remember. It's awareness, attraction, action, advocacy. So then action is when they like sign a contract with you. They, you know, come on board for a job. Mm -hmm. So obviously now they're a client. So you can see like Mm -hmm. you have lots of people in the awareness section. Then you'll have like a little bit more like less people mm. in the attraction uh, section. So it's kind of like <laughs> people who are listening to podcasts can't see, but I'm like trying to yeah. do the shape of a funnel <laughs> on, right. the, on the live stream. Right. But um, so you have like more people in awareness <laughs> than a few less people in attraction because obviously some people like <laughs> get filtered out. And then, and mm-hmm. then in action, you have a few less people who are obviously your clients. And then I add on like advocacy on there at the end as well. So that's about who are your advocates or your fans, you know, and they're the people mm-hmm. that are going right. to help you get more clients because you yeah. can kind of activate right. them through referrals and through testimonials mm-hmm. and things like that. So that is a marketing funnel. And then obviously mm-hmm. you've got right. things like a sale, you know, a sales funnel, it can kind of be the same, but kind of a little bit different. So can, a traditional kind of online marketing sales funnel would be something where you'd have a lead magnet or something like that, which I don't know whether I would, I mean, people could test this out. This isn't necessarily what I teach, but it's another type of funnel. So you'd have a lead magnet. So something say, I don't know, you want to, one of my students, for example, he is wants to work in nature conservation, you know, so he wants to do an animations for nature com- conservation, which makes sense, you know, okay. very niche. So he could maybe mm-hmm. write a guide, you know, like a little ebook or something that was, that's like, okay, right. um, how to use animation to grow awareness for your nature conservation project. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up on the spot, sure. but <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> and that potentially could attract clients and they he could say hey you can download this for free you know you could go onto linkedin he could talk about how um animation helps you to create more awareness for your nature conservation brand or something like that and then he could say hey Mm -hmm. download my free ebook about how this can help you and then if you get help and information from someone you're more likely to work with them so then those clients might come back and be like oh okay well he knows loads about you know doing nature conservation, how animation helps it. Oh, we want to do an animation. Of course, we're going to go to him. So that's kind of right. like more of a traditional sales funnel. Right. You make for, yourself for example, almost like the... Uh, the uh, an the, expert on an something. An expert yeah, on exactly. about that specific thing. And then the people... Yeah, 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 absolutely. So for example, Matt, if we did a white paper mm-hmm. on how we do virtual sets okay with i thought i thought without the without the use of without the use of unreal right right like, right right, right, like right how yeah. we do it the practical way for static camera shots you there know you which we do for tons of of different people right yeah like, who can't spend the money to have an entire rent an entire volume mm-hmm. you know for unreal so um like that you put that together you you even diagram like mm-hmm. how you do it but not yeah. exactly how you do it right you know uh, how you would do it, like, I guess if you were, like, writing it up for a patent or something, mm-hmm. you know, kind of right. shows a diagram. But, yeah, you give that out for free. I could see how that would be valuable because they're like, man, they really know what they're doing. We should yeah. just give them a call. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like, I like and that. like, there's been a few times where it's like, um, for example, uh, like with camp, right? I'll use camp as an example. We want to do. Uh, we and uh, this isn't set in stone, so no one, no one, quote me on this. You know, <laughs> we really want to do like a uh, uh, some tie dye stuff. You know, it's like, oh, this would be awesome to do some fun tie dye stuff. But then I'm on TikTok and I'm seeing some of these people who are doing like amazingly awesome tie dye, and it's like, well, wouldn't it just be worth it just to have them come to camp and teach everyone tie dye? You know, right? It's like. Because they're out there being the subject matter experts, it's like someone who's looking to do something like that is more inclined to hire the subject matter expert than to actually go through and do it themselves. Right. Yeah, it's very yeah. easy to see how this stuff works on from like a niche client perspective, but you know, in mm-hmm. in the course we just show you all the different ways about like, okay, in your awareness part <laughs> of the funnel, what activities are you doing? So there's like different activities you can do in there. And obviously social media is like a big part of that because you know, social media is the main way we get people to know about who we are, to be aware of us or like in-person mm-hmm. events and things like that. Like obviously we we're all just at NAB as well, which was really great. Mm-hmm. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the attraction part, you might have things that um, are going a little bit deeper. So maybe things like case studies and stuff like mm-hmm. that, or like showing mm-hmm. more yeah. process and behind the scenes on your website, that kind of thing, like things that can draw right. people to you a little bit closer and and then obviously you know you have like your contracts and your pitches and your proposals and all of those kind of different activities in the lower part so I think that for most people I don't know whether I would recommend like a lead magnet to be I guess that would be an attraction you know that would be an activity Mm -hmm. that someone could do in the attraction section but I don't know whether for most people that would really work. I think that you'd have to have a niche because you, like you said, you have to be an expert on a certain subject to write about that too. I guess you could try and do it, but it would just mean you would be like creating lots of different guides for lots of different clients, which doesn't really work. Right, right, right. Whereas like case studies and things like that, maybe a a little bit more of an obvious choice in that section for like a motion designer. Just wanted to go mm-hmm. into that a little bit deeper in case people are like, "What they're talking about lead magnets?" And you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, <laughs> tell me. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about like leads. Like, so when I hear leads, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, I I think about. I think like, coffee is for closers. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, of these people, these spammy people emailing me saying, oh, we've got 10,000 leads for you. It's a whole email list of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's what I think of. Yeah. So leads, I just like to think of it as a lead is just a potential client. So just think Mm -hmm. of it as like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, I say leads, it's probably because I like read too many business books and stuff like that you know but we can just say potential clients if you want you know Mm -hmm. so it's like that's that's probably what I say more in the course I think um so like a lead is just a potential you know someone who is can be potentially become a client or customer of yours so that's Mm -hmm. what a lead is so you know it's it's something that you are like you know, people say like, oh, yeah, you're going to go after more leads or something like that. Like you're going to try mm-hmm. and track these potential clients down, you know, and and convert mm-hmm. them into clients of yours, you know, mm-hmm. or into customers or whatever. You know, it's it's kind of like yeah. universal. It doesn't matter really what business you're in. These are all 
the kind of same terms and what I'm trying to do is just I guess simplify it and just make it more digestible for like designers and animators because these are the kind Mm -hmm. of things that we don't really care about you know we don't care about like (laughs) you know what a lead is or whatever but we want to get more work and we want to work on more fun projects and we want to have more clients that you know pay us well and things like that so I'm trying to make it more digestible and easier for people to understand and essentially build more systems around their business so they don't have to concentrate on you know like thinking about okay where's the next project coming from and all of this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. all the time that they have something that they just go back to again and again and they know okay I do this so maybe I spend 30 minutes on social media a day like commenting on people's posts and to build my network, but also warming up some clients. And then maybe the Mm -hmm. next day I spend 30 minutes looking at my client tracker or CRM, which is like Mm -hmm. a customer relationships (laughs) relationships manager. But I I say Uh client relationship manager because that's more applicable to everybody. Um, So you would go Mm -hmm. and look at that and you'd be like, okay, I need to contact this person and I haven't spoken to that client for a while so I'm going to send them a little email um, telling them about this new project that I was just doing you know so they're kind of keeping on top of it and they have a system that mm -hmm. they can repeat again and again and what happens when you build that out is you don't have to think about it and you don't have to be doing the thing that everyone does where they work really hard on a project and then they're like oh great I've got a client I'm going to do this it's awesome and then they get out of that Mm -hmm. project and then they haven't yeah. got any clients and they're like, yeah, oh my right. God. Yeah. And they're freaking out. And then they like yeah. email hundreds of people and then like maybe they have to go a couple of weeks or a month or whatever and then they get another client. But then it's just really stressful and it's not like mm-hmm. consistent kind of steady building long-term relationships. And when you do that, you get obviously right. if you're consistent with your outreach, with your social media and you build it into a system, you're going to get consistent results from that because it's like you're planting these little seeds all the time and some of them take like years to grow you know some of them take Mm -hmm. a couple of years to come back to you some of them take like a day to come back to you and turn into a project so you don't know so what I always tell everyone is you've got to have a system where you can just be doing this like kind of constantly which sounds overwhelming but it doesn't have to be because if you do that then you know, gradually you just get more and more people coming to you and you can start to like weed out the ones that you don't want. You know, you can like go, oh, I'm not sure. I don't want to work with those types of clients anymore. So I'm going to say no to that yeah. project. And you can raise your rate more because obviously you're more confident about the work coming in and things like that as well. Right, right. And, you know, and a lot of people, you know, to to for those motion designers out there who are listening and they're like, oh, I don't know, that sounds spammy. I don't like doing the salesy thing, blah, blah, blah. What you have to realize is... Well, yes, I mean, it is salesy because you're trying to bring in more work as someone who it works at a studio hiring people. We sometimes forget because we'll get into the weeds with a project or something and we'll forget that there are other people available and we're like, who can we hire and, and, and completely forget about that person, you know, but by continually being at the top of that person's mind you know, or at the top of that studio's mind, it's like, hey, we're available if you need us. It's like, okay, now I know who to go to. And then once you prove yourself, 
that you become you then become the most valuable asset that they have. <laughs> yeah, that's t- Cam for example. Cam is the most valuable asset we have right now. Cam if you're listening, you are my asset. <laughs> but like it's true though, isn't it? That at the end of the day, I think that we need to reframe this idea of um oh it's kind of gross to sell and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um I when I think about selling, I think about well, do you have something that is of value to someone else that they really need, you know? So obviously mm-hmm. with agencies and animation studios and studios and all of those people, they're like, they need motion designers to help them, of course, right. you know? And then if if yeah. you're going kind of, you know, a level above that, like the direct clients and brands, they need people to help them to create animations and different motion graphic pieces to build awareness mm-hmm. for their brands, you know, so they can kind of sell more products. And maybe that is a little bit gross. It depends who you're working for, you know, but if you've got more consistent <laughs> uh-huh. clients coming in, you can start to make a choice about who you work with. And what I like mm-hmm. to think is, you know, by helping artists and creative people make more money i'd like to think that they can you know choose the things that they work on in and kind of make a bit of a better impact in society because we have to realize that we are marketing things for people and we have to think about okay what are these products and what are these companies doing and are they doing the right thing and i feel like if we as artists can be more picky about the kind of work that we can do maybe we can have a more positive impact on the world you know and even if that's just Mm -hmm. taking better care of your family because you have more money and more time and you're not as stressed because you have a nice solid base of clients you know it can be even as simple as that absolutely absolutely do you think that do you think that um i mean obviously studios are more likely to do this but do you think that a contractor that is worth it for them to advertise themselves. So for example, you know, you might post um, a short video on something that's a, a TikTok or a reel or whatever it is, something on Facebook. Um, do you think that it's worth it to promote some of those posts, to spend a little bit of money to promote those posts, to get them out there? Um, you know, whether that's like a piece of art or a podcast or, or whatever. Yeah. So I think from like, uh, lots of people ask me this all the time and I have, you know, I I probably know a little bit more than most people about paid advertising in this industry, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, but, um, not, you know, I'm not an expert. Um, but I would say that I think I haven't seen a lot of people trying it, so I don't know how well it works. I think from potentially, you know, if you had a YouTube channel or a podcast or something like that and you were selling products and things or like like conferences, you know, a bit more mm-hmm. like what you're doing, I think it makes <clears throat> more sense maybe. Um, and, you know, we mm-hmm. do paid advertising occasionally, like we'll even do paid advertising to some of our free courses as well, you know. Because you kind mm-hmm. of want yeah. more people to be aware of you and you don't want to just right. sell them a paid course straight away. You know, I think that makes sense. Right. I don't know from an artist's perspective whether like paying to share your reel. I mean, maybe it's a good experiment that we should do and like yeah. put on our channel or something like that. But 
Yeah. It depends where it is. Like, I could see it working better on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. because that's like B2B looking for that specifically. But the problem is if if you promoted that kind of a post, you know, like a piece of art that you did on TikTok, you're going to get follows and you're going to get likes, but it's just going to be random 10-year-olds who liked it Mm -hmm. because they thought it looked cool. It's not somebody who's really going to... Yeah, it's going to be bots. It's going to be all that. And then Instagram, I feel like, would be in the middle, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I feel like Instagram really knows how to advertise to MoGraph people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but have you have you found any... Have you come across any issues now that, uh, I, that uh, Apple iPhones, they're not tracking things anymore? Uh, is that becoming problematic? Because I feel like it has. I yeah. think it's more expensive. It seems like, you know, it seems <laughs> yeah. like you have to spend more money for people to see things. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't do like too much paid advertising. Maybe we do a little bit here and there, or like if we're doing a specific thing like campaign or we want people to see like this social media challenge that we just did or something like that, for example, we might do it. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, more of the organic reach tends to work better because if if you make good content you know and it's for example on youtube or something like that i think that it does push it out to people i think i mean that's why i've personally been you know kind of doing a weekly youtube video now because i think Mm -hmm. it's a really good platform and and if you make a good video people do watch it and they do see it and also i like compared to a a podcast i mean we're getting a little bit away from the artists kind of side of it but i know a lot of people are thinking about going into education as well so maybe they find it interesting Mm -hmm. um you know Mm -hmm. a podcast is really Mm -hmm. hard to interact with the audience and on youtube and this is why this is cool that we're live now because obviously people can talk to us and things like that and i think that right for me that's made a big difference because i can actually take questions from you know the comments the previous week and then make a video about it the next week and kind of directly help people in that way whereas on the podcast obviously you might get some feedback on social media but it's just not as frequent and people don't feel like they can kind of comment on it as much i don't think for sure for sure yeah you're almost relying on like emails or anything yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, which yeah. people aren't as inclined to do whereas, whereas if you're like hey just leave a comment below the video then obviously right. they're more they're more likely to do that so right yeah i think we can the, do that as artists yeah. on a small scale though as well like motion designers like we were saying you could um, make reels and stuff like that and especially if you're thinking about maybe getting into making tutorials or something a lot of the time i suggest um, maybe starting on reels or, or just doing like a quick like two minute tutorial and even putting it on twitter or, or somewhere like that you know mm-hmm. for sure yeah like i'm i'm all for privacy and i'm all for you know not being super invasive when it comes to ads the problem that i have with some of this going on lockdown and and google saying they're going to do the same thing is that we were actually getting to people through advertising before who wanted our products. Yeah. And and that's what's disappointing to me because there's somebody out there who wants to learn Houdini and is scared of learning Houdini, Houdini and <laughs> sees, that, sees that ad and they're like, stop being afraid of Houdini. 
and the problem is before it was easy to find those people, even if those people had even seen a post of ours mm-hmm. before or whatever, um, or, or especially people who would click on the link and go check it out on the website. They wouldn't buy it, but they'd go check it out. You were able to say, okay, these people over the next you know, two or three days, I'm going to advertise a different ad to them similar again, right? Okay, and they'll, they'll start seeing it again, of course. That's based on tracking, of mm-hmm. course. Um, we're not really like stealing anybody's information. We're not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's kind of where that line is, you know, about the privacy stuff and, and Apple. It's like, okay, that person will see that a few times and be like, you know what? I'm really going to check this out. And then they get the course and it's specific to something they want. Yeah. Right. Like we're not advertising junk to them. We're, we're advertising something they would want. Well, they don't get that anymore. That's just they don't, because we have high quality courses. You know, some of these <laughs> right. other people may be getting junk. <laughs> but they don't get that now, right? Like, it'll go across your feed, possibly, but it cannot track that other stuff anymore. It can't mm-hmm. find that person who was really on the fence and really needed to look at all the details on the web page and be convinced that this is for them. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Now it's just very, very broad. Like you said, Haley, it's more expensive mm-hmm. because you, you're just blanket. It's just, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I I certainly feel like that when, you know, you think about like, oh, is it right to like track someone and all of that kind of stuff? But I think it's down to the individual companies. And and sometimes I think like I'd rather have targeted ads because they're probably going to be more for products I actually want to buy instead of like just random Mm -hmm. crap, you know. (laughs) I I see stuff that looks... (laughs) appealing to me all the time and i'm like i know they're selling yeah, exactly to me. Like, yeah. obviously you know, yeah. i know they're selling to me yeah it's a tricky one the biggest but. problem the biggest problem i've found with like advertising especially on like tiktok i will never buy anything off of tiktok ever again oh, because the past three times that i have bought something that never shows up it yeah. just doesn't show up yeah like I gotta, and so then I gotta, I've I've got to go through the whole hassle of like doing a chargeback on my credit card and it takes yeah. me months, months and months and months. And it's like I've probably spent five or six hundred dollars on stuff from TikTok and just never received it. Now I ordered some really good dash cams mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago, and then one day a pair of knockoff uh, i iPhone iPod <laughs> Bluetooth headphones came in the mail and i'm like where are these what is this yeah until i looked up the i actually looked up the tracking number and figured out that it came from that order and nobody ever answered me on it of course so then you got to call the bank yeah Mm -hmm. i I think that like sort of um to kind of round up this conversation a bit i think that we should just Uh not not that i'm trying to but i just feel like we uh you know maybe we got off on a bit of a tangent about paid ads hey this is dave i just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor otoy the creators of render network and of course octane but i don't have to tell you that you know who they are you see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs and we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. Yeah, yeah. I think that what I would like everyone to think about and maybe take away is think about how are you providing value to other people? You know, and and 100%. especially yeah. when you're um, 
you know, posting on social media and things like that is, is how is this post providing value to someone else and really think about who that person is, you know? So in like, in the businessy world, <laughs> the businessy world, very technical terms over here, um, you know, that's called like your avatar, you know? So you think about who is my avatar? Mm-hmm, who am mm-hmm. I trying to attract? How can I offer value to them? And what problem are they trying to solve? So this especially works mm-hmm. very well if you're trying to attract a direct client who is in a, a specific niche or niche, depends where you're from. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that works really well to think about, you know, who is this person and what problem are they trying to solve? It doesn't work as well mm-hmm. for like, advertising agencies and stuff like that and studios but i think it's still about like when you're posting on social what sort of value am i giving here am i showing someone my process will that help them to understand a bit better what i do or will some other motion designer be able to learn from this you know if it if you're just putting stuff out there and you're like here's another project i did here's this project and you're not really giving any Mm -hmm. more than that then i don't really feel like you're going to get much back but if you're part of the community you're giving value to other people in the industry then maybe some of the motion designer you've taught them something then they have uh they work full-time somewhere and they're like oh we should get this person in they actually live just down the road you know you can get work through that way as well mm-hmm. so i think it's tough like sometimes people are like okay but i'm building my audience but maybe they're just the motion designers but i still think that can be valuable and it can still help you to get more work because one if people are coming in your posts it doesn't matter who's engaging it's still going to show it to more people you know so if you mm-hmm, if you right. like follow different studios and things like that and they follow you and then your posts are getting pushed up the feed all the time because you're helping other motion designers that's still going to keep you top of mind and you look like an expert because mm-hmm. you're teaching this stuff so that could be one way or you can be like i said earlier kind of teaching more in a bit more of a niche with like a specific direct client in mind. So I kind of went off mm-hmm. on a bit of a ramble there, but hopefully that's <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah. even in that niche, it's got to be, you ha- still have to understand the platform that you're on specifically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like I will totally go to YouTube and watch somebody's like, you know, one hour breakdown on how they did something and try and like learn, you know, or whatever. But if that same person even posts a three-minute version of them doing that on TikTok, I'm going to flip right through it because that's not the time Mm -hmm. for that. You know, I'm looking for a different kind of content. So it's also about knowing your audience depending on what platform they're on at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, But also, but let's get get to some freelance stuff as well because there's a a ton of people I'm sure that are listening that, um, I mean, I know even just on Discord every day when people come and hang out, you got people who are, uh, you know, long-term veterans, you got people who are just starting out in freelance or or whatever it is. A lot of people are trying to figure out what's their first step. Um, And now I'm wondering if it's, um, if it's, if it's a little bit different for you when when you're talking about freelance because there are people that kind of got into this at the start of covid mm-hmm. right like their first uh attempt at freelance is in covid times which is so different mm-hmm. um so uh, the advice that i like to give the advice that i have been given um has always been like if you're going to do freelance you you really have to 
spend some time in the business first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you agree with that? It depends what you mean by in the business. I think that you need to always be working on your business rather than in it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because when you're working in your business, you're like doing the work, you're in After Effects, you're in Cinema 4D. But when you're working on it, that's when you're like, you know, doing social media, looking at your client tracker, making sure you're keeping those relationships going, those kind of things. So I definitely like differentiate those things. I think that if people are just jumping into freelance, I'd really concentrate on, yes, you need to make a really good portfolio and, you know, put your best work in into there and stuff like that. But I see a lot of students, they, they sort of, because I have a little bit about your portfolio and what your website should be like and how to lay it out and stuff like that in my course. But mm-hmm. a lot of people get stuck there because they're so focused on the work. They're like, the work has to be great and this is the only thing, but that's like half the battle. You know, the other half mm-hmm. is all the networking and building relationships and putting yourself out there because you can make the best work in the world, but if no one sees it, you're not going to get any jobs. So I think it's like, yes, concentrate yeah. on that and it is important. But also I think that at some point you have to be like, this is a work in progress, you know, your website portfolio. I'm going to keep adding to this and making it better, but now's the time to start pushing it out there you know, and creating that like spreadsheet of clients who you want to work with and doing outreach to them, mm-hmm. making sure that you're trying to warm them up if possible. And by that, I mean like going on social media, especially somewhere like LinkedIn, where you might have a producer from a studio and they're like, we'll they're right like, back. hey, this is my, uh, this new work that we just did, you know, at the studio. And then you could be the person that comments on that. And probably most producers on LinkedIn don't get many people commenting on their work. Well, maybe now they do because I've been telling right. everyone to do it. But uh, right, <laughs> And then yeah. you could like send them an email, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks later being like, hey, I love what you do at the studio. I saw this piece of work recently. It was really great. This is what I do. I feel like it's very aligned, you know, and just share your work with them. And I'm, I'm sure that they will get back to you if they have a project that would be suitable. So I think it's just about keeping that going. And I would rather everybody, you know, have kind of like 10 people in each part of this funnel, like in each segment at one time. So you're kind of, you know, building your awareness with 10 people, your kind of attract you have 10 people in the attraction phase so maybe you're reaching out to them Mm -hmm. you know and then you've got like 10 people in the advocacy phase that you're trying to get testimonials from and and just kind of keep pushing people through this funnel you know so it's just like a kind of a bit like a cycle and then when they get to the end you know you send them actively send them an email asking for a testimonial and saying how much you love to work with them and if they could you know, recommend you to anyone else who might need a motion designer, that kind of thing, you know? And that's the kind of thing that you really have to learn by, by being in it and doing it. And, um, that's why, like, I, I feel like the people that I have seen fail in freelance are people who did not work somewhere first. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, they just, they got straight. They went straight out of college into freelance, and it, not that everybody's going to fail at it, but the failures I have seen in freelance have been like that. Oh, I'm going to go skip straight to the freelance part, and then they have a hard time because it's not. I mean, it's not just the um, the leads and and the clients and everything else. It's the business end of it. It's doing 
taxes and all the other things. It's handling emails. It's handling workflow. It's handling multiple projects at one time when they come up and having a system to yeah, handle that. feedback, you like, know? you know, how you deal with, like, right. getting too much feedback. Is it out of scope? You know, all of these things. I think if you don't have experience... Oh, yeah like working with clients, it's going to be really difficult to go freelance straight away because you don't know how to speak to them and stuff like that as well. I think, I think it's really mm-hmm. tricky. I, I hear that a lot. Yeah. The, the whole thing about feedback is when, when I see people doing freelance for the first time and they, they're asking about a particular situation that's happened or, or something, and they're like, oh, they just keep coming back with too much feedback. Mm-hmm. The first question is, well, how many rounds of feedback? Yeah, exactly. Right. Where's yeah. your it's contract? Like, well, <laughs> well what, do you, what do you mean? Well, what's in the contract? Contract? What's a contract? You know, that's the kind of thing that, like, if you're jumping straight into freelance, you know, you, I mean, you don't even, have any of that. There's even seasoned veterans who are like... Yeah, yeah. contract uh, I didn't have them sign a contract it's like yeah it's which we'll, we'll do on occasion with a small project for an existing yeah. client it's like oh they come to us all the time yeah you know uh if if we if for some reason which it wouldn't happen if that went bad mm-hmm. we would only lose like x amount of dollars it yeah but that's yeah, very exactly. rare. It's, yeah. That's very rare. Those are the people that you really Yeah, trust. it's about mm-hmm. like how, yeah. you know, it, are you willing to like take that chance that you might kind of lose that money or something like that or right. that it would go bad. But right. I think in yeah. most, you know, like we had the freelance contract bundle that um, we were selling for a while. I, I kind of felt like we discontinued it because we didn't, we don't have a lawyer on our team. You know, technically we can't, we're not allowed to answer legal questions or as much as I would like mm-hmm. to help people, you know, cause I've gone right. through all of these contracts right. in depth. Obviously I know like quite a lot about it now, but right. yeah. So it didn't feel right at the time, but I feel right like, now. um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, you know, I, I do want to help more with that. I was thinking about doing a video on like scopes of work and, and how that all works and how you can, you know, even yeah. just giving that to a client without like the terms and conditions mm-hmm. and stuff is, it's definitely like right. a level one thing that you definitely should be doing. You could just do like what all the crypto people do and just say, hey, this is not financial advice. Yeah, but- yeah, exactly. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <And then laughs> I'm always do- saying on my, all my um, like one-on-one calls and our, in our accelerator, I'm like, this isn't legal advice. Right. It's just for educational use only. <laughs> right. Everyone always laughs at me. But, you know, you've got to protect yourself. That's funny. Everyone. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I did think it was I, I, I was surprised to hear that you guys discontinued that. But that makes that makes sense. It's, you know, it's it's like, just a level of support, did, really. That was the only issue. Um, I think mm-hmm. that we could bring it back if we can work out a way that we can like have a regular Q&A with a lawyer. The only problem is as well. Another reason is because obviously we had the contract bundle in the US and then we had the UK yeah. one. So yeah. then it's like, OK, do we need an office mm-hmm. hours with like a US lawyer office right. hours with the UK one, then we're asked, get, getting asked about an Australian one. And, and I thought, oh, this is kind oh, of wow. getting to, you know, like ev- everybody hand, wants yeah. it for their individual country. So that's kind of how, and, and I just thought instead of putting all of that infrastructure in place, why don't we pull it in to like, you know, making 
um, you know, obviously like our client quest course and then the accelerator that we have that's mm-hmm. for um, people who've been freelance for a little while and maybe they're trying to figure out what the next step is, you know, and I, I can really speak mm-hmm. to those things. So instead of kind of having all this external like for legal sure. team, I thought it was worth um, my time and my team's time to kind of put it into other stuff. But, you know, we still we do like help our students a bit with that kind of thing and kind Mm -hmm. of try and give them the best advice we can that isn't legal advice. (laughs) Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. What you are doing is so important to our industry because uh, uh, it's stuff... It, it, it's things that we all do every day as motion designers. You know, we may not realize we're doing it, you know, but like, for example, I, I always like to use the example of when I read the freelance manifesto, it's like, it, it, it gave me clarification that, Oh, I was doing a lot of these things correctly, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, or there are better ways to do certain things. Oh, you know, you like had gaps uh, or something like that. You know, like yeah, so absolutely. like you're like, oh, I'm doing absolutely. this part of the process, but wait a minute, I'm missing this whole piece that can like completely absolutely. change the game. You know, and I feel like that's what right. a lot of people get out of client quests as well. Because I would say, you know, obviously there's similar things covered from the freelance manifesto, but we go a bit more into inbound mm-hmm. marketing, which is like attracting people to you via social media and that kind of thing um and i think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people you know unless you're you're like starting out your freelance career which there are people doing that as well in there but for some people who have been like freelancers for four years they come in and they're like oh i didn't realize this could be like a system like a thing that i can create and it just kind of works itself you know you can even use you know automate some parts of it and i'm talking a lot to the students now about can you build like a survey form where you give it to your clients as soon as they come to you and they fill out these certain questions and then you automatically have a brief from that, you know, instead of like doing like 10 emails back and forth and you get to find out quickly whether that's a project for you or not and that type of thing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And all the things that you have to ask every time. Yeah, exactly. What's the resolution? What's the frame rate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that too. Yeah. Yeah. The the automation of everything even when it comes to the social media posts you know that saves Mm -hmm. you time like uh you know the guide you give you know 
talks about 50 ideas or whatever, right? And it's like, um, you see the, the MoGraph nugs that we put out there with little clips and sound bites from the mm-hmm. show. And if, if I do them in chunks, if I pick a day to sit down, I can do like a whole bunch of them. And it's like, oh, hey, that's going to last me for three months now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and you can release that. That's, that saves you time rather than trying to do one, sit down and do one every week. Mm-hmm. You know, that amount of time you have to. So anything that you can do to automate. Um, I like the idea of, of the, the new client having one, maybe have a. A, a post yeah exactly yeah we talk about as well. that as well like yeah. in the advocacy section about having kind of like a you know like a retro where you'd have a meeting with the client and you talk about what went well what didn't go so well you know what could be improved on next time and even if you don't do that with your with that client like it depends on your relationship with them and stuff like that but you could even just do it with yourself, you know? So you could be like, this is the project retro that we just did. And okay, so what did I think went well in this project? What didn't go so well? And what can I do better next time? Mm -hmm. And you would just learn so Mm -hmm. much stuff if you keep doing that. And especially from the business side of things, because everyone makes the same mistakes over and over again. And and I I always talk to my students and I'm like, okay. Sometimes with the same clients. So this went wrong this time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But this went wrong so how can we improve on this next time what do you need what process or system do you need to put in place to make sure this doesn't happen to you again you know and sometimes that is contracts right sometimes like we're saying it's creating a survey or a questionnaire or something at the beginning of the project so that they know like you know i don't know like how many rounds of feedback when this kind of with the scope of work and all of that kind of stuff, you know, it can be lots of different things, but I'm just really passionate about creating systems and processes um, in the business. Like I've been doing it for Motion mm-hmm. Hatch as well. And we have like a process project plan where we have all the different things that we do every week and we're trying to create a process for each thing. And what that means is I can kind of stop doing some of the stuff, you know, and I can pass it off to an assistant mm-hmm. who maybe doesn't know right like as much about the motion design industry and stuff like that. And and everyone else can do that too Mm -hmm. in their businesses, you know, even freelancers. You could potentially, if you created processes for some of the steps in your business, you could give that to a virtual assistant, for example, that you wouldn't have to pay very much. And that could help you save a lot of time. It kind of depends what it is, but, you know, you could make a list. Um, There's this thing that I, I... learned from an entrepreneur called the three lists to freedom and i'm trying to think if i can remember them all but it's like things that you shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. things that you can't do and things that you don't want to do so you make a list of those three things Mm -hmm. and then you think about okay things you shouldn't be doing are things like you know potentially you don't need to be the one who creates your website it obviously depends on like what stage of your career Mm -hmm. you're at but (laughs) and things like that but that could be an example yeah um you know things that you can't do like maybe some of your account stuff things like that and then you can go through and think about Mm -hmm. okay which of these things can i automate or delegate and even if it's not right away it's stuff that you can think about automating or delegating in the future so then you can create a process for Mm -hmm. that so that you know it's done in a way that you love to do it and then once you do (laughs) give that to somebody else you know that they're going to do it correctly as well because that's like a lot of trouble that i've had is 
you know, I like things right. to be done in oh, a certain man. way. Yeah. <laughs> You are talking yeah. Dave's language right yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then if you have a process. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with handing stuff off. I'm fine with handing stuff off if I, as long as it's being done the, the correct way. Uh-huh. Because there's, there, uh, you said you've had problems with it. I'm, I'm sure you've had the same problems that I have had, which it's like, if you have a system of doing things and you want to relinquish the command, you just have to be able to find somebody who can remember all the little details, mm-hmm. you know, and... The problem is you usually don't find out if somebody's good or bad at that until you train them. And then yeah. if it doesn't work out, you have to train them again, right? Yeah. So that's, how, how do you deal with yeah, that? Yeah, so you don't get them to remember all the little details is the key. You put all the little mm-hmm. details okay. in the process, you know? So you yeah. write like, step one, you do this. Step two, you do this. Or you like create a video okay. with mm-hmm. it as well. I use something called loom.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've used that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And so you go through and you go, right, this is how you do this and that. And then you create um, a step one, step two, or maybe like a checklist, you know, so they don't have to remember all of the stuff. They literally just have to follow the process. Right. So they just go in yeah, and right. you obviously like keep them in an organized way. Like we use Notion. So we'll have like marketing procedures yeah, and then we'll have like social mm-hmm. media procedure within that. And then, you know, maybe like Instagram procedure or something like that. It sounds like, you know, it can get quite detailed, but that's why you have a project yeah. plan for it as well. And then you can kind of go in and it depends, like most people listening to this probably won't need to go that into detail, but I think right, if you right, start right. doing it... But you're speaking our language yeah, right here. Yeah, but if you start yeah. doing it like when you start and you only have a few little processes that you need to do, one, if you build that up along the way, it's going to be much easier for you later if you wanted to start a studio or something like that and you wanted to hire mm-hmm. other people because then you're like, oh, cool, I already have this process. This is how I do the social media. Someone else can do this for me now. And then you go, here you go. So then you don't even really have to spend time training right. them because you're like, read the process. And then and then they go, okay, I read the process. Then maybe you do it, you show them. And then maybe they do it, you watch them and then they're done and then they can do it. You know, you don't have to like, I feel like mm-hmm. repeat yourself as much. And anytime that right, I yeah. find myself doing something that I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore or I shouldn't be doing it. I just make a video <laughs> and it loom and then I put it into a procedure and then I send it to my assistant and then she does yeah. it. And then, I, you know, I obviously say, <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good ask way me to any questions uh-huh. that you have and stuff like that. But, you know, I... Yeah. Because it's your brand, right? It's your brand. You care about it the most. You're going to remember every little yeah, exactly. detail. Mm-hmm. And you can't expect any you can't expect everybody to remember all those details it's it's understood you just have to have a good way to remind people how to not forget those little details now a good case in point um what do you use for um what do you use for social media scheduling loomly we just moved to loomly which i think is a bit of an underdog one yeah yeah I haven't heard. Is that related no, to Loom? No, it isn't, or, but they're no. similar. Just... <laughs> yeah, it's called Loomly. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just moved we... to that because okay. it just has the most stuff that we needed, but it's like everything. You can have right. this kind of like, I don't know, like software fatigue or something, mm-hmm. can't you, where you're like, oh, well, you know, I need the best thing. And you spend 20 hours researching what the best social media scheduler is. And sometimes right. I'm like, you just have to pick yeah. one and use it, you know, <clears throat> and then it. And then after right. a while, you 
like we found it wasn't working for us so then we're like oh now we know what we need though we have like a list of key things that we wanted to do so you know so we can go in there and reply to the comments on every single platform rather than going into each individual platform stuff like that um so i think like buffer no go on sorry Oh, well, I was just going to say buffer is like, you know, the same thing, right? It, like, it does most of what we need or whatever. But the thing about the little details, the example that I always give is that like, if say we're scheduling uh, something for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, right? So each one has to have its own special size mm-hmm. of media and all of that. Each one has to be tagged differently because everybody has different tags on it. But the biggest thing with Instagram is that when you put a URL in a description in Instagram, it doesn't actually link to anything, right? Like somebody would have to really, yeah. really want to get that link. So what do you do? <clears throat> you have to put memorable links in there. Mm-hmm. So it has to be milgraph.com slash live slash the drop slash mm-hmm. whatever memorable links. If you don't if you don't do that, if you just paste a link in there, it changes it to one of those URL shortener links. And nobody's going to look at Instagram and be like, oh, oh I need to go to bit.ly.com <laughs> forward slash W uppercase Y. No one's going to do that. So you have to make it memorable. If you paste something in to buffer to schedule it, it shortens it automatically, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to copy it and paste it in there. If you type it in and you think it's not shortened, the moment that you publish it, it will actually shorten it mm-hmm. after the fact, and you won't realize it. So you have to copy and paste back in what you're going to paste in. Then you have to click on it and say, unshorten this link so that it stays like that. Okay, nobody in their right mind is going to know that little detail of that yeah. thing, except for me when I'm training somebody. Right. So that's what. <laughs> Long story <laughs> to get to that your point, but procedure. you understand the dilemma. Yeah. So you would have like right. a process procedure, it, yeah. doesn't matter, call it whatever you want. Um, you would have that in there as like a point. And if it's like really a difficult, annoying thing, you know, maybe you bold it, you put it in red or something. So you're like, every time you right. need to check that these links are going out, not as the silly mm-hmm. bitly. Buffly, whatever it is, you know, right. that, that's what it you're is. Just, you're it? trying to take it's these like little nugs of information. Just annoying little thing. There's no like you. You. It's like I wish I could just transfer. You know, it's like Nick yeah. Campbell said. I you know wish I could have had another me. That's what everybody says because you're the only one who remembers the little details, and you got to mm-hmm. figure out how to. Uh, download that but that's what that's yeah. why building a process project plan and having a process for everything single thing that you do that's like on a day-to-day basis obviously don't make unnecessary processes for things that you like do <laughs> once you right, know right. and then if you do that then at least just even if it's just for yourself i feel like it helps you to remember how to do things because you know we all forget like we're like what how are we doing this thing you know and i think it just makes it Uh quicker because then you're just like oh yeah go through the checklist yes yes i've done that i've done that i've done that i've done that um and i think it's just really helpful and just keep reviewing that and especially if you have a team i think this is vital if we think about all of the big brands you know you think about google and like you know coca-cola and they're they're not running their businesses like just going oh what are you working on today dave you know like they they have processes Mm -hmm. and procedures and it seems boring but i think what it can do for people is 
especially if they're thinking about building a team, like maybe they want to build a studio or something like that, they could actually like take themselves out of the kind of day-to-day running and, and make it less stressful for themselves so they can kind of look to steering the ship a little bit more, you know, and that's what I want to do with mm-hmm. Motion Hatch, you know, is steering the ship forward to do more like cool stuff in the industry. You know, like we want to set up a scholarship program and things like that. I can't concentrate on that if I'm thinking about like posting on social media tomorrow, you know? So like, I think that applies for everyone else as well. And if you think about like in the long run, like what do you want to do? Maybe you want to build a business that is like an asset that you could potentially step out of one day. You know, not everybody wants to do that. But if you don't put systems and processes in place, then you can never do that you're always going to be the person who needs to do that thing. Or there might be like one thing that you always have to do in your business Mm -hmm. that you hate or something like that. You know, maybe you could take yourself out of that, but you can't do that if you don't have a system around it. Cause some, like you said, no one's ever going to do it as good, as good as you do it. And I think getting over that mindset as well, I'm trying to like think, how can I bring more people in who are, more experts than me and how can i say well this is how i've been doing it and this is how i like it to be done but like what can you do too and and how can you make it better and how can we help the motion design industry together you know that's kind of how i think about it one of the biggest questions though is how do you get that help when cash flow is an issue Mm-hmm. because that's the first thing you got to do is you got to pay somebody to do those things, right? Mm-hmm. And and that may take a while. Yeah, of course. And I think it does. But I still think that you can work on your, if you work on your processes and systems and you think about, okay, what can I automate maybe, you know, so you start with the automation mm-hmm. part of it, you know, and right. so having a system mm-hmm. obviously is going to make you a little bit quicker on some of the stuff and then automating some stuff get a little bit more quicker you know and if you're building a system to get consistent clients you're going to have consistent clients coming in you can start to be more picky you can start to raise your rate then you get to the stage where you're thinking about hiring people do you see what i mean like there's a whole so i think you can do these things at any level it's just you might be doing them in a slightly different way so obviously you're not going to be building a process out um probably for your social media so you can hand it off to an assistant straight away but you might be building yourself a process that has a little checklist that you do every week so you're like i go onto linkedin every tuesday morning for you know 30 minutes and i go and comment on um different producers posts that i like and different creative directors and i interact with like these are the people who've been interacting with my posts because that helps me to boost my posts in the Mm -hmm. algorithm or something like that you know and i feel like if you Mm -hmm. didn't have a little system for that you just wouldn't do it and you get overwhelmed because you'd be thinking oh when am i gonna do social media when am i gonna post on linkedin when am i gonna go and engage i said i would do Mm -hmm. that and it just becomes stressful and that's where i see everybody kind of getting stressed and freaked out and they think like oh social media is terrible and i don't want to look at it but if you're like intentional about what you're going to do and you Uh have a system it doesn't have to be stressful and it can just be something that you do you know so you're like going on to instagram particularly to engage with different motion designers and you're only doing it uh-huh. like for 20 minutes on your lunch every day and you, you don't do it the rest of the time. You know, you're not sitting there while you're watching Netflix scrolling. I know everyone does this, but if you really want to mm-hmm. like 
you know, build a good business that you care about where you're getting consistent clients that you really care about and you want you don't want to use social media like you know for personal things and you just want to use it for your business and this is how I would go about it and I would do what you were saying Dave as well where you schedule stuff in advance and you batch it and all of those types of things as well yeah it saves Mm -hmm. time and yeah put it on the calendar yeah exactly like you know don't make it an afterthought, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, when I, I went to the restroom for a second earlier, I don't know if you got too far into the mentoring stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you, I think you, you all might have touched on it for a second, but I wanted to ask a little bit about, you know, you offer free things, but you offer pay things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what are those specifically? Yeah, so... And like, yeah, how does thanks that work? for asking me about that. Appreciate it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, we have a course called Client Quest, which is a lot of the things that I've been talking about today, you know, about building a marketing funnel for yourself to help you get consistent, high paying clients. That's basically what we cover in Client Quest. So, I help you go through it step by step. We talk a bit about what should be in the portfolio, you know, how you should be building your awareness, how you should be attracting clients to you, how you should be turning them into advocates and fans of yours so they can keep coming back to you, but also help you to get more clients, how you can get strategic partnerships. There's like so much stuff in there. So that's probably Mm -hmm. like the best place for everyone to go to if they really want to like you know dive deep into motion hatch and really learn how to build that consistent you know funnel of clients coming back to them again and again and don't want to have that stress um i would say definitely go and check out the client quest course i think if you go to motionhatch.com forward slash client quest you'll find it there um i think we're not live launching it now so there is a wait list but obviously if you sign up to the wait list you'll hear about it first and then we have our accelerator program which is like a really small amount of people because i have not much time and in the accelerator Mm -hmm. program i do more one-on-one coaching with people and um, we have a mastermind so a mastermind is like a peer support group where you can learn and grow together with other motion designers so you have a mastermind Mm -hmm. one-on-one coaching and we have expert calls so we bring people in usually from like studios or marketing people and things like that and they come and talk to the students and it's usually only two groups of six every six months so it's like really small groups so you have your group of six and then you do some one-on-one coaching with me and stuff like that and what we do in that is we're really focused on building a solid business plan for you to move forward and it's usually where you're like changing in your career so maybe you've been a freelancer for three to four years or something like that you're thinking about hiring some of the people you're thinking about maybe building a studio maybe you're thinking about starting a youtube channel or something like that so it's like people where they feel a little bit stuck they've been (laughs) freelance for a while but they're not sure what to do next that's kind of the general people that we Mm -hmm. see in that course Mm -hmm. and then I can help them more one-on-one kind of build a business plan that's kind of I'd say like beyond freelance you know it can be freelance but it's usually if you're in that sort of stage you might want to hire other people to help you start building a team it doesn't have to be in like a full studio sense a lot of the students are doing this like up and down kind of scaling model which is really interesting Mm -hmm, and kind of be like a boutique yeah, in a exactly, way yeah. maybe like a 
Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of thing. Like I'm helping yeah. people build their systems out for uh, their small studios. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've had like a couple of like two to three people studios doing that sort of thing in there as well. And yeah, we build, we work yeah. on having, you know, your six months to yearly goals. And then I help you break them down into quarterly goals and then monthly and weekly goals. And we have a lot of accountability in those groups and stuff like that. So it's yeah. basically to help people to really get things done and kind of progress and figure out what they want to do next most of the time as well. What would you say as many freelancers freelancers you've talked to, what, what would you say is the biggest mistake that people make when they start out in freelance? Yeah, the biggest mistake. The thing that comes to my mind straight away is um, it sounds so dumb, but honestly, the amount of times I see it is unreal. Um, is just having your contact information not really obvious on your website. I know that sounds really silly, but oh. like it's, <laughs> that's like wow. a huge thing because if people can't find your yeah. email, they're just going to be like, see ya. You know, like have it always. Yeah. I always tell students the best place to put it is, you know, in the top right. Because that's usually where you'd have like a call to action button or something like that. So right. just check gotcha, that you've yeah, got yeah. the like contact me, you know, and make sure it's like really obvious as well. Just make it really clear how to contact you because I I really think that is mm-hmm. one of the biggest mistakes. Because you know you do work really hard, you know you do all this stuff to get people to your website, and then they come and then they can't find out how to contact. They're like, I don't have time for this. Right. They move on to the next person, right. you know. So that's, it's quite simple, but it's, I mean, I really have to say this probably like once a week to someone, I can't find your email on your website. How do I contact you? You Mm -hmm. know? Hmm. Yeah. And and what do you think about, um, about jumping off? I think that's a question a lot of people are going to have too. When do Mm -hmm. I jump off? Like when is the best time? When, Yeah. I mean, I think that there's the classic advice, isn't there, of like, make sure you've got three to six months worth of like money, you know, Mm -hmm. that you need to survive. Um, I like to tell people to figure out like what their kind of base, like kind of money they need to make every month is so that you can have an idea in your mind Mm -hmm. of what you want to make. But it's like, what do you actually need? Because I I feel like people don't really work that out. It's like how much you actually need. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes what I see happening is people are like, oh, I'm saving up. And then they're like, oh, I'm trying to get a couple of clients. Maybe they're like moonlighting on the side. But then they they don't realize that they've actually already got the amount of money they need to cover their expenses every month from their moonlighting clients. And it just takes them longer. And as soon as they figure that out, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute, I can do it full time now. And obviously I'm going to earn more money because now I've got more time to freelance, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get totally. a lot more time back. I think when I jumped off, one of the things that I kind of convinced, helped convince myself of was the fact that I was spending 40 hours a week driving. Yeah. Just driving. Yeah. I was like, that's a whole week's worth of work that's right crazy. there. If right. I just took just that amount, not even like the eight hours a day, if I just took the driving amount and spent that long trying to get people, you know, get new sales or whatever, that's a whole week. I could yeah. so, 40 hours a month. Not yeah, a week. yeah. I'm I was sorry, thinking I'm sorry, like, yeah. that's <laughs> not sorry, right, is it? But <laughs> it was 40 hours a month, but I'm thinking, that's okay, a lot, that's, yeah. a, that's a week's worth of work that you can spend every month mm-hmm. trying to get new sales and then take the rest of those days 
And that's just pure work time right yeah. there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that I I th- yeah. I do agree with the advice, you know, have a you know, pot of savings, like a runway for yourself. So if you don't get clients straight away, you've obviously got some money mm-hmm. there. And and ideally you would have a couple of clients that come back to you. But in reality, sometimes that's quite difficult to get. I think maybe it's a little bit easier now because we're all working remotely. But I remember when I first went freelance, everybody that I spoke to wanted me to go in-house. So they were like, we really want to work with you. We love your work. Right but we need someone to come mm-hmm. in. We need someone to be available nine to five, you know, and that's all like right. nine to six or whatever. Nine to five is not really realistic in our industry, but you know. Right. Um, so yeah. that was the tricky thing that I had. So I did, I feel like I did really have to just like do a little bit of a leap of faith. And I don't know whether I'd suggest that to everyone out there, but sometimes, you know, if you've been in the industry for a little while, I, I was like full time for seven years before I went freelance. So I'd been around for a long time, right. you know, and that's not mm-hmm. typical for everyone I know. But if you've been around for a while, you know a lot of people, you have a lot of contacts and you've got this buffer of mm-hmm. money, you know, and you feel confident, then I, I think, you know, I think that it could be the right time. I feel like it's different yeah. for everyone and it's so difficult to say and I, I think that usually what I found is actually people don't do it as soon as they can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're scared. Yeah. And I can totally relate. Which it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so, I sure. feel like I've done it twice because I went yeah. freelance and then I also kind of feel like I took a bit of a, the same thing when I started doing motion hatch like full time. You know, I had to right. kind of give up my yeah. freelance career, and and people are always like, mm-hmm. "Oh, why did why did you do that? Like, how was that?" And it was, yeah. See, should have automated everything so that people <laughs> could have taken, you know, and then you just make money off of your freelance stuff on the yeah, side. Yeah, but I yeah. think it was like you know <laughs> creating the content and stuff like that. So like I was doing sure. a podcast on yeah. the side. And then had like the contract bundle then and the mastermind, I think, and doing full-time freelance stuff. So it was just kind Mm -hmm. of thinking about like, okay, do I want to follow this thing that seems to be helping an awful lot of people that where people are asking for more and Mm -hmm. more and more stuff? Or do I just Mm want to carry on with my freelance stuff where it's kind of like a bit more obvious where that's going to continue to go? So it just felt more worthwhile to me to, you know, make that jump into motion hatch and and really like push it as far as it it can go and yeah i'm really glad i did that because mm-hmm. i feel like it's helped so many people and i'm, I'm hoping yeah, that it absolutely. can help yeah. even more so it's exciting yeah yeah matt your light went out behind you all of a sudden what happened <laughs> went out oh, i thought you meant me i was like did um, it? <laughs> <laughs> no oh his jacket fell that's oh did he I've got like five jackets hanging on my That's wall, funny. you know. It just fell. It's where, yeah, and like a couple of them just fell right on my That's light. Funny. <clears throat> hey, if anybody has any any questions in the chat, uh, feel free to put it in there. Well, what we're going to do, we'll we'll go to the drop for a minute and mm-hmm. go over that stuff, and then if there's any questions, we'll come back to them after the drop. Absolutely. So uh, let's go to the drop. The drop. 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 Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. What's up and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly source for all things NFT and crypto art, as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I'm Matt Milstead. Joining me as always is Dave Koss. Joining this week, us this week for Motion Hatch, Haley Akins. 
let's get into the drop list. Where is it? There we go. Let's do it. Um, uh, I, I, I've got to give Nifty Gateway a shout out right now. Their marketing yeah, people must be a listener to the show. I will mm-hmm, say mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Uh, they gave us a full week, a full week of stuff. I guess they're like rearranging stuff and you know, blah, blah, blah. Actually listen to us. That's good. So, uh, yeah, um, let's get started. Um, there's not a lot of MoGraph like artists that I know of specifically, but there are a, a lot of artists. So uh, today, uh, Ron English is doing a drop. Um, uh, let me click on the thing so I can refresh myself. Very interesting work. Very colorful. Ooh, what's this? Um, mix supersized. <laughs> mix supersized. Yeah. So fun. Um, yeah, fun stuff. Get a little uh, more resolution on these images. Definitely okay. interesting work. So yeah, there you go. Uh, reminds right, me of the. And never mind, I won't even say what it reminds me of. All right, so that's that one. Um, Then on the 11th, uh, uh, some of the ones I'm skipping a few days because, you know, they just didn't put stuff on there. But uh, Ola Volo uh, is doing a drop. Um, I really love this work. I think it's very pretty. Um, A lot of really pretty uh, illustrative work and stuff like that. I, 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 I really dig it. Yeah. Love the use of colors and stuff like that. Just great. I wonder if this is uh, Procreate. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So uh, that's it for the 11th. On the 12th, an artist named Six and Five is doing a drop. I dig this work. I dig this work a lot. Yeah. So a lot of really pretty like uh, interior renderings and stuff like that. You can see kind of like the series that they've done with like this orange ball. I have a feeling that's going to be similar to what the drop is for that. uh, uh, The drop on the uh, uh, what day is that? Whoops. I just lost my date. The 12th, I I believe. The 12th. Yeah. The 12th. 12th. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a fun one. Ooh, that's I pretty. like their work on this. Uh, right, right, this right, right. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, really good lighting. Love the lighting. Um, so that's the 12th. On the 13th, uh, an artist called MRE is doing a drop. Uh, interesting work. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of the similar NFT type stuff. People love their <laughs> shiny plastic people. I'll people tell you that. love their shiny, shiny plastic, plastic people. people. Yeah. So, oh, that one's pretty cool, though. It turns into a heart. I dig that. Ah, I dig that. there you go. Okay, cool. Pretty good. wonder yeah. how they did that. How do you think they did that? Probably something technical. Probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then on the 14th, uh, Clarence is doing a drop on Nifty Gateway. Uh, lots of very colorful, very colorful, like almost inverted looks and yeah. stuff like that. You know? Almost like negative. Right. Yeah. Uh, reminds me a bit of Frederick Duquette's work a little bit, you know? Not as polished, I'd say, as uh, Fred's work is. Little yeah. ape, ape video game, you right? Know, like you do. So, yeah, uh, cool stuff. And then the last one uh, on the fifteenth, we've talked about this artist before, Tommy Wilson, uh, the baseball baseball player from the Baltimore Orioles. Like I, I'm Wait, looking what? at, uh, yeah, he's a professional baseball player with the Baltimore Orioles. Like they did no a way. drop uh, previously on. Uh, Oh, what was it? It was uh, Maker's Place, right? I believe. And so, like, hmm. looking at some of his work, like, 
it's like heck yeah dude like way to get way to get out there like i'm 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 really impressed because it's good That's to funny. see you know it's good to see a a, a jock get in the artist space <laughs> <laughs> you know or whatever yeah but yeah what, what'll be funny is if uh he ends up making more money in nfts than he does playing right. baseball and stuff you know right. yeah so, All right, um, and then you got some some makers place too. You got a couple of makers place, yeah. So the tenth tomorrow is Jonathan uh, Monahan, I believe is how you pronounce it. Tetramorphs two. I like this one. I thought it was pretty. <coughs> Love the textures. It's a weird concept, you know. That's what NFT art is sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I really dig the textures. I, I it's very pretty. You know, pretty work. Their so, website's weird the way it's set up. He's, I know. This video is huge. I, I but abs- it's like at a hundred percent. Absolutely weird. hate their titles at the end that they make everyone do. I yeah. like it is just awful. Just awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And you got one more. One more on the twelfth, uh Zlatan Ivahimovic. That's a I, tough I'm, one. I, yeah, That's a tough sorry. One. Uh, the Laws of Adrenaline Part Two is the name of this drop, but uh, really, like it, it, I, I, I don't give much. They just, I guess, this is a uh, uh, a drop series releasing featuring the international footballing superstar and current AC Milan striker Zat. Oh yeah, we've done this. We talked about this guy before. You know. They don't show. Oh wait, there's he's a, some he's of the a footballer. Pieces, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, cool looking stuff, I guess. You know, there you go. So those are the drops on the major places this week. Yeah. Got a community stuff. drop too, right? We do have a community drop. Yeah, from Melomograph. Um, <clears throat> let's see. He said, hey, Matt and Dave, I'm sure you guys are still getting ready for NAB. He sent this a while ago, and I, I totally missed it. Well, this email. is while we were yeah. like at yeah. NAB or something. Can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. It'd be a fun idea to do a surprise drop of NFTs during our time in Vegas a while ago. I toyed around with the idea of some procedurally generated characters, but it never made it to the minting phase. That's finally changing this week, introducing Hugh Manoids. Uh, ah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Clever. Yeah, fun stuff. Looking cool. I, I, I dig it. Ooh, look at these. Right? Um, let's see. Uh, Humanoids is a collection of nine one-of-one NFTs that represent my love for mixing generative artwork with personalized character design. The characters themselves are inspired by Kodama, the Japanese forest spirits seen in media such as the Ghibli film Princess Mononoke. I love the simplicity of their designs as well as a variety of shapes and sizes they came in. So I utilized Houdini to create those same forms while additionally applying custom tailored colors and patterns to make each one feel unique and vibrant. Keeping the reserve price low, just 0.1 ETH, so I can, can which isn't much right now, now that ETH's <laughs> down to like what 2200 bucks it's ridiculous yeah bitcoin just hit below thirty-one thousand. it's like yeah oh and render oh gosh it's render's hurting it's down to everything's do- hurting dollar seven <clears throat> that's oh, what sucks yeah like bitcoin's now down the board. below 31 jeez oh. yeah everything down right <sighs> everything now. stocks are down almost five percent there's just this massive sell-off going on right now it's like all the money that i made investing during the <laughs> pandemic i have lost now so thanks yeah. thanks obama 
<laughs> oh. um, yeah. Um, anyway, so point one ETH continue to build more for collectors, and I will be listing each one uh, one at a time after the previous edition gets collected. I was inspired by Nick Campbell for that part, which is cool. Um, make an official announcement tomorrow when I land in Vegas. Yeah, which was a while ago. <laughs> so can't wait to hang with everyone. <clears throat> P.S. I've still got plans to turn those posters i handed out at camp into animated <laughs> nfts as well i'll keep you posted nice. on those oh, that's exciting oh. yeah should be fun yeah awesome. i mean it's a pretty pretty simple concept right you just like yeah you just take some stuff throw it into houdini and then hit uh oh yeah you're talking about no, stocks just, just stocks yeah. in general yeah buy low it's totally high. like absolutely so buy low yeah. sell high except for when you don't know when trend. the high is and then it ends up being the even lower <laughs> You know, right. and then you're right. like, well, how do I buy some more? Because I don't have any money to buy more. I need more money. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Haley, I know you're you're like <laughs> so far off of like the whole NFT scene because, you know, you, you're not even doing the free. You're, you're stuff, doing really. things you're that professionals the, actually right. care about well, versus yeah. the NFT. Well, I did. I have interviewed some uh, NFT artists and put stuff on my channel, mm-hmm. and it, it went pretty well. I got obviously mixed <laughs> reactions, as right. you always yeah. do mm-hmm. when you talk about NFTs. Yep. Um, but NFTs. from Absolutely. my perspective, from like a kind of business perspective, I do see a lot of people mm-hmm. who are obviously making a lot of money but then i see a lot of people who are making a little bit of money and filling in their freelance kind of gaps with it too which is actually the bit that interests me the most Mm -hmm. so um same here yeah i think that's why i want to kind of you know talk more about and maybe we'll do some more content on the channel on the motion hatch youtube channel about that kind of thing you know like how if you're kind of relatively unknown can you kind of plug your freelance gaps with some nft work because i i think that's mm-hmm. what i i find right. exciting about it is is you know because not everybody can be people you know um, so it's right. like yeah. you know yeah. how do we <laughs> you know uh, us lowly mortals uh, make money you know maybe it's like a, a side <laughs> hustle or something like that i think that's interesting yeah absolutely yeah and i i you know it it, it would be interesting to see whoops sorry someone um, it'll be interesting to see in the future where this all goes and if prices can kind of stabilize. Because right now you've got, you know, 0.1 ETH. He sent that two weeks ago when ETH was at, what, $3,000 or something? Now it's at 2200 It's like you're talking about a big difference in, you know, amount of money that you can make, uh, supplemental money at that, you know. Um, uh, uh, and it, it just swings wildly, which is, you know, hard for people. You know, especially when you're trying to do a budget, you know, or if prices even like get down to like similar to what people were doing with Hick and Yuck back in the day where it's like, oh, I'm just going to sell this for like five bucks, Mm. you know, you know, but then you sell a hundred of them and it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, it's a little piece that I made real quick. You know, that's what I would like to see with this NFT market, you know, is a place where, you know, people can buy and sell very easily for cheap and not have to worry about this dang mint prices. It's so expensive. Yeah, I think the yeah. thing that interests me as well personally um, is like the utility part of it. You know, like what can you offer mm-hmm. 
that's kind of on top of that. Mm -hmm. So as someone who like obviously trains and educates people in something, I'm like thinking about like, Mm -hmm. oh, could we do like an NFT for Motion Hatch or would people want that that was like sort of Mm -hmm. around some sort of community or something like that? Like those kind of aspects, you know, because obviously I'm already building communities and that kind of thing. And I think that's actually one of the hardest things if you're doing like a PFP project or something like that is the whole discord and the keeping the community up and that kind of thing you know i'm not Mm -hmm. saying i'm not right yeah it's like a lot for most people but i think it's interesting from kind of a you know from an education company standpoint of like how we can start to utilize that in in our businesses i think because i think that you could like Mm -hmm. offer that to people and be like hey i'll give you like i don't know some one-on-one coaching or something i don't know you know something better than that but you, yeah you see yeah, where yeah. i'm going for with sure it. like a bit like um have you seen like the v friends like gary vaynerchuk's thing and you know right that i guy. think yeah i think guy. it's like a really cool idea <laughs> he, like i think it's really cool yeah but he's made such a a, a name for himself uh, uh among it's like it's like uh like people for example you know when he, he spoke a few years at ago at um at a half res, you know, and I, I brought up this question, you know, like, or I was, when I was talking to him, I said, you have transcended MoGraph. You know, there are people who know you outside of MoGraph. That's especially true now, you know, but Gary Vaynerchuk has made his name so well known outside of just like whatever space he started mm-hmm. in that it's like, oh yeah, he can sell an, a, a really shitty NFT for like, fifty thousand dollars that basically gives people you know uninhibited access to him you know what i'm saying yeah it's it's like how do how do me as matt milstead who no one gives a shit about (laughs) sell an nft for fifty thousand dollars so that you get access to me uh, yeah know. but i think you know? it's like you know it, it's just on different scales isn't it your your one might not be fifty thousand, but you you know what i mean like right. you, you can still do something yeah. Yeah. that maybe could be like that that's a bit that interests me i would i would like to mm-hmm. do that or like work with people on you know if they were doing that for their project or whatever i think like the mm-hmm. community utility aspects of it i think just because yeah. I, I like to like yeah. think about what value am I giving to everyone? You know, what what am I sure. offering everyone? And this just seems like another right. way to do that. That might be a bit more exciting because it kind of has an art aspect to it, you know, which is where we all originally <laughs> right. came from. So, you know, being a creative, yeah. being an, an artist. So that kind of excites me because it's, you know, kind of smashing together, right. like kind of the business sort of things and the art things. And it's kind of a little crossover. I just haven't quite figured out like how to do that yet. But that's why I talk to a lot of people and hopefully it's um, useful for everyone else as well, you know, to to hear from different motion design NFT artists and stuff like that. And yeah, we're thinking about getting like our next guest expert in our accelerator program to be someone who like markets NFT projects. So I think that could be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's a cool idea. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Oh, All right, look oh. who's here. Oh, look. Hi, Dorpy. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. Sorry, I'm, I'm late back from Vegas because, uh, well, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Right, right. Sure. So I had to bury all my bones in a bunch of cement and leave them all behind. Right. <laughs> yeah, the cops will never find them. Right. They didn't have any, they won't have any 
concrete evidence. Mm, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. See, you should anyway. have gone with like skeletons in the closet. That that joke would have been anyway. All right, go ahead. No bones about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, check out my new dogmented reality filter on TikTok. Just came out. Just do a search for Dorpy. Mm-hmm. You, okay, you, bye. He's not joking. Oh, he is quick. not joking. He's not One, joking. Yes. Yeah. You can get that on uh, on <clears throat> TikTok and coming soon to Instagram as well. You mm-hmm. can you can basically make your face. Let me see. Dorpy. Yeah. If I can find. Oh, are you it. looking it up? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to see. Uh, yeah, check it out. So I don't know if you can see this on there, but yeah, yeah there you go. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah, right? Yeah, that was fun to make. <laughs> so you can uh, you can do your Dorpy filter as well on TikTok. If you do, mm-hmm. if you do, tag us in it. We'd love to see it. You know, because most yeah. of the time it's just like you know kids. Putting on the Dorpy yeah. filter and stuff. A bunch of kids using yeah. it. Yeah, they don't know you can you can tap on it and it moves the mouth. My kid doesn't. My kid loved it. Yet. He thought it was hilarious. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He thought it was so funny. So yeah. Well done, Dave. Thanks, um, thanks. So yeah, uh, if you or anyone you know or love uh, has an NFT uh, that they are dropping, uh, feel free to email us info at mograph.com. We'll shill it on the show. Other than that, yeah. Let's get back to the regular show. Is this the fucking mic? This is exactly what I should be doing. So, so uh, I was going to do a link real quick and say yeah. in developing that app, the um, the app. I'm sorry, the filter. The app that I used was. Polycam, which there's mm-hmm. a bunch of different 3D scanners out there. However, Polycam lets you do something a little bit different, which is um, you have the ability to do like LiDAR scanning with it, or you can um, do a whole bunch of high-res photos mm-hmm. and like upload it to the cloud, and they do the work for you. And I did that, and in about 20 minutes, it gave me the most incredibly realistic 3D model of Dorpy. Yeah. In, in like 20 minutes. It Just was crazy how incredible. good that was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll put a link to that app in the show notes. If, if you want to check it out, uh, the best way to do it is to do like the photo scans and, and mm-hmm. just pay for the, you know, I don't know. All right, Dave, everyone wants a Dorpy 60 shirt. 60 bucks a year. Everybody wants a Dorpy shirt. Yeah. I know I had that on my thing. <laughs> I don't know what it would say. Well, it would be a okay, face, bye. obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. Well, on the back, it should say, okay, bye. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you should put on the front, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, oh, adult dating Oh, sites. my gosh. Yeah, thank you. YouTube has been so bad with the freaking, like, just awful, awful mm. spam lately. It happened during the motion show yeah. as well. Yeah. You know? It's like, what? what who's going to click on that? And right. Even, like, who's who cares? I mean, like, you I can't understand. even click. You have even... to physically type it in. It's right. Stupid. Nobody's going to do that. I'm going to be like, hey, look at this spammer. I'm going to attach this because... Mm. Because why? It's just stupid. Anyway. Oh. And there we go. Good Lord. They just keep going, (laughs) don't they? They just keep going. Gone now. Okay. Anyway. Haley, thank you so much for being on the show. Great show. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. It's really like, I find this podcast chill because it goes on for so long that you can get, you can, you can dive deep, (laughs) you know. Just laid back. (laughs) Right? You can go deep. But yeah, hopefully it was helpful for everyone and. 
Absolutely. If any, you know, if yeah. anyone yeah. wants to email us, ask any questions about freelancing or anything later, just email hello at motionhatch.com. We'll try and help you out. Awesome. Dave yeah. and I are going to start working on our process. Yeah, let me know if you need help. Yeah. Send yeah. some stuff over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? When you were talking earlier about the funnel, you know, and you're like, then it goes down and it goes down and it goes down. And I was like, that's almost like a reverse pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh no, no, that's that's not funny. It's a reverse pyramid. Right, it's a reverse pyramid. A reverse pyramid scheme is good though, right? Right. Because it's opposite. Right. So that means it's good. Funnels all the, it's a funnel, not a pyramid. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not building off. Well, as long as the other person at the top or the bottom, depending (laughs) on whether it's a funnel, you know, as long as the other people are coming to you. That's funny. Oh, Thomas is saying uh, he wants a knitted oh, Dorpy logo, oh, like a polo. polo with a little logo. Dorpy, oh, like the like Lacoste, like a club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, he came up with the augmented reality line. Oh, I just got to well give done. him credit for that. Well done. You know, on on Discord the other day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, let's get out of here. Yep. You can rate us on iTunes. Leave a review. Helps get our ratings up. Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and. Uh, and, uh, you know, the newsletter, he'll go or out YouTube. eventually. YouTube will point. also let you know, you know when our show yeah. is on. That is true. You get all the notifications. Or you could just turn on MoGraph TV all day, every day, because the live shows will come right through into the feed. So you don't even Look, have to worry. There we are. Just turn it on and yank the knob off. <laughs> so so they, there are not yet knobs Rip the knob off. No, there are not knobs all right. anymore. You've been there, done that. You can say you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt <laughs> with the MoGraph logo tee. The Feel the Bab, Paul Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders. The Render Things t-shirt, hoodie and long sleeve tee. The MoGraph Blanishment shirt. And then the That Render is Fire shirt, which you're only allowed to wear ironically. Unless you're shams. shams. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get her one of those shirts and give it to her at camp. Seriously. I don't know why she doesn't have one. She's the only one who can wear it not ironically. Maybe she does have one. (laughs) Okay. We don't even know. Shams. Let us know if you have one. Yeah. If not, we'll get you one. Yep. Uh, that's it, though. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, MoGraph.com. Come TikTok. say hi and all the things. Don't stop. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> the TikTok, you don't stop. Anyway. Right. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Haley. Have a good one. Later, yo. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what?
MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous! Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.